0: Sport Calgary acts as a resource for sports organizations with a ton of information available at sportcalgary.ca. Learn about community and coaching resources, research, jobs, and of course, the latest in Calgary sport. Hi there. Uh, You have picked an original Six Feet Conversation podcast for the ages. I'll guarantee you that. Uh, Welcome, my podcasting friends. I'm your host, Rob Kerr. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I hope you are, are making out all right in all of this. Uh, as we, uh, turn into the month of May, um, hmm. It's it's maybe gone on a lot longer than some of us expected and, and maybe is going to go on a lot longer than most of us hope. But uh, we're here with you, and we're hoping you're enjoying this series of podcasts which explores sport in Calgary, people in sport in Calgary, and stories of sport in Calgary, uh, of which uh, we've had a ton of fun putting together. So thank you for uh, downloading and, and subscribing at uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or uh, just by going to sportcalgary.ca and listening to this podcast. So thank you for doing that. Uh, really excited about the program this week. Uh, Full disclosure, a good friend of mine, a dear friend of mine. uh, But he was really, when I concocted the idea of doing this and I wrote out my first list of guests, he was right at the top of the list because, uh, and we'll talk about it in the podcast, for reasons beyond uh, our own, uh, he and I, uh, him and I, uh, us, uh, never really got to work that much um, over the last decade or so together. Although we worked arm in arm and uh, shared many shared experiences, uh, just getting on and, and chatting wasn't something that was particularly available to the two of us based on whom we work for. Um, so that changes here, which I'm really excited about. Jermaine Franklin, everybody. Uh, you know him, you love him as the bureau chief for TSN. Uh, He covers the Stampeders, he covers the Flames, he covers the NBA, uh, he has covered the NFL, he has covered Major League Baseball. Uh, He is um, right out of here. His kids are in minor sports in Calgary. Um, He is part of the fabric of our community, and he's one of the more identifiable uh, identifiable members of the media, quite honestly, uh, because he represents um, this city on, uh, well, on TSN Sports Center, right? So everybody across the country gets to see him. So really excited to share this conversation with you with my pal, Jermaine Franklin. Just a reminder that Sport Calgary conducts research into sports issues in our city. Did you know that the gross municipal amateur sport product in Calgary is over $1.2 billion per year? Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. It's been a long time coming. Really excited to share it with you. Here's my conversation with my pal, my buddy, my friend, your TV host. He's just... He's Mr. TSN around here, Jermaine Franklin. So how how are you? How are you holding up? How are you making out? What what's going on? I'm
1: pretty good, you know. I'm I'm uh, I'm holding up good. I'm going a little bit uh, stare crazy or have a little bit of cabin fever, but I've been following the rules. I've only gone out to for walks or or the odd run and and I've limited my my trips to the grocery store to about once a week so um yeah this sucks to tell you the truth Robbie but
0: oh I'm yeah following the rules yeah okay so when did you when did this reality hit you when did you when were you of the opinion or when did covid-19 land on your radar
1: hmm that's a good question um there's probably a couple of times that it hit me uh First, um, obviously, when Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive yep. and the NBA canceled. And then the next day, the NHL basically canceled the season. So that was a, whoa, as Oprah would say, an aha moment. And uh, and then it's funny because uh, I talked to to Ryan Vardy, my camera guy. Mm-hmm. I believe it happened on a Wednesday when the when the NHL canceled somewhere in the middle of the week, Um, I called him the next day or it might've been on Friday. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm bored already, Uh, but we'll get through this maybe. And then I said, and then I said to him, I said to him, maybe lunch next week. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right. And then I thought about it over the weekend. I'm like, Oh no, this hasn't hit me obviously. But uh, I'd say about two, three weeks in, it's like, I was like, okay, this this is real and this is going to be the long haul.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I think back to Rudy Gobert, NBA shuts down, NHL there. You know, and a whole bunch of people were at the time when the NBA shut down. Well, everybody else has got to shut down and I'm like, nah, it doesn't need to work that way. It worked that way, but I'm I'm like you, I was like, okay, so I guess we're back in a month? What is it? A couple of weeks or you know, and what was crazy was we had already started to do some things. You know, we were going to take some protocols. I I, I want to say we were in the process of canceling our post game skates on Sundays, thinking, Oof, you know, boy, we we've, yeah. we've got <laughs> not, this covered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you're, I'm wondering about. Did you pay any attention? You clearly paid attention, but what did you make of when Team Canada, the women, canceled the World Championships in Halifax? Because that was at least a week and ten days before Rudy Gobert, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, um, that's that is a great point, Robbie, and that doesn't even bring me to the World Championships. You know where it brought me right away, going to going to Hockey Canada headquarters, um, talking to uh, Tom Rennie, Rennie, and and uh, he's like, "It's going to be tough, uh, but all Hockey Canada sanctioned minor hockey is canceled." Yeah. I, and I was like, "Whoa, uh, that we have a season-ending tournament." <laughs> <laughs> of course, you think uh, selfishly, and I'm like, "Oh, this we the the Saints, my son's team has a season-ending tournament, and and they just got knocked out of the playoffs in the semifinals, and they were looking to to you know re you know redeem themselves." And yeah. then it's like, "Boom!" And then talking to Rennie, he said. He he goes, Yeah, the season is canceled. No team parties, no, no, say la vis. That is it. If you, there's no getting together under the Team Canada, um, yeah, (laughs) under Team Canada logo or whatever the right umbrella, I should say. Right. And, and that's when it, that's, yeah, that's when it hit me because, because the world championships, exactly, it happened about a week to 10 days before, and I was in the offices. And I'm like, well, th- that makes sense. But as soon as it hits home personally,
0: that's Oh yeah. No, you're first. right.
1: You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't covering in I wasn't covering the world championships in Halifax, so I understand. Yeah. And then and then the and then the Saints or the hockey Calgary season canceled, no subway championships because the championship weekend was just coming up. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Now there's something to it. And then, of course, the and of course, the Flames um, and the NHL putting the season on pause to use the correct terminology. That's when it's been it's like, okay this is this is serious business. But um, um, I would say, Robbie, I would say when. The prime minister started coming out every morning um, mm-hmm. from his isolation because mm-hmm. his his the prime minister's wife had had COVID. Yep. Um, that's when it was like, whoa, okay. And I was I was I was watching every single one of those, yeah. every single one of those. I was keeping up to date, and every night at news, I was watching both uh, the national and CTV news um, with Lisa Laflamme. Right. Right. And uh
0: good and, company uh, man, you
1: yeah, are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh and I've I've been doing that and I'd say I just started getting my fill um this week. I have not watched every single one. I have skipped a yacht, uh, and the only thing that brought me back obviously is the tragedy um in Nova Scotia, which is just
0: fathomable. Oh, no, yeah. and, and and made worse by this right yeah. and and compounding on that um, yeah. it's it's i'm i am kind of curious about your observation then i my stomach was not as uh, i guess i cut it off shorter than you did i i was a couple of weeks ago where i can't consume this all the time i consumed yeah. it right away because i felt yeah. like i owed it to my staff and i had a responsibility to know what's going on but it's too much like it's it's a lot to process
1: i agree I agree and and uh once they start breaking off into the different provinces and premiers and then I'm just like okay enough is enough but it is important for the information to be out there for those who mm-hmm. who who really care and um it's just eye opening Robbie it's eye opening to think um that uh, the numbers are still going up what are we about a month and a half 6 weeks
0: well Rudy we, Rudy, Rudy was what the 12th of March
1: yeah yeah.
0: So we're we're good 40, 45 days in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Six weeks, just over six weeks. And and I'm just thinking um, I was hoping that by this time we'd see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I know there's more positive news, but I don't see that light quite yet. I'm thinking hopefully by mid May there's truly um, some sort of concrete. Uh, thought on how how to get back because the vaccine they talk about that, who knows, but yeah. there's got to be a way to live um a little bit um safely, not a hundred percent nothing's guaranteed, but there's got to be a way uh coming up eventually
0: It's interesting the role that that sport has played in this isn't it and it and it kind i guess it does kind of remind us where sport fits in the fabric of our lives because we we manifest I think some of our frustration, some of our fears, some of our angst, and the fact that I got nothing to watch, like give me something to watch yeah. right yeah. like oof. you know if it weren't for Tom Brady, the Buccaneers and Gronk, like what would the last six weeks have been right oh
1: it, exactly, and i'm i am um I feel guilty because I'm not a rerun guy um don't I no not- don't
0: feel guilty I'm the you know what? The only one I've watched just because I needed the context was the 89 cup final again. Yeah. Just because yeah. I needed to watch that one more time. And the thing that shocked me out of that was how good and young that Montreal team was. But yeah. I, I haven't like, I know that there was some replays of the Edmonton Calgary games this year. Too- yeah. I
1: missed them. I didn't put them on the calendar or anything. Like, and, and I didn't, uh, I didn't, watch the Raptors repeat or whatever the run. Like yeah. I watched a couple of games, couldn't last more than two or three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um no I couldn't last more than two quarters, let's be honest. So yeah. if I came into it at the right time I'd see the end of the game. Um I certainly um have not watched too many of actually I haven't watched a whole um CFL rerun or Grey Cup game. I did watch uh the Hamilton um I watched the end of the Hamilton Stampeder's game and
0: Why did you do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just it, I just saw it because you know why? Because I actually saw it on. I flipped past it. I didn't realize it was on.
0: Yeah, first of all. Yeah, yeah. It
1: certainly wasn't marked on my calendar but when I flipped past it, I'm like I ex- I remember exactly where I was and I <laughs> saw the flag right away. Yep. But but my colleague um, Matthew Shinetti. Yep. Didn't see it. And he, he was still, well, he was still a young reporter at the time and he was a little excited. Like I won't say overboard or anything, but you could see him oh, like, for sure. I'm covering a championship team. This is it. And it was like, um, and I, wait, I didn't see the flag right away, but I saw something. Um, so I would say it was about, and this felt like forever but I would say it was about 10, 15 seconds before you realize something's not right here, and um, because the the crowd was where from where I was, they were like going nuts. So the experience this is this is what a live sports is. That's run. right. This is why people go to the game. Yeah. They want to feel it. And when I watched the when I watched the 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 broadcast they knew right away. They knew this was not going to count. There was absolutely from watching. There was absolutely no suspense. Yep. I being in that end zone, watching, watching speedy B come towards us and thinking that the Stampeders just lost the gray cup.
0: Yeah,
1: Like I believed that for about 10 to 15 to 30 seconds. I'm like, Oh my goodness. This-. Really? And Shinetti was like, Hamilton won. And then it was like, oh, there was a flag on the play. But those those 10 seconds, Robbie, those 15 seconds, it was like that's what you live for. I, Whether oh, it's I disappointment mean, yeah. or happiness, that's what you live for. But when you're what anybody watching on TV has no idea what it was really like in there. Mm-hmm. Because the flag was First of all, you're 80 You're eighty feet above, you see the flag right away, you know that this is probably for nothing, da-da-da-da-da. When you're there, no way. No way. No, you're right? caught up in the middle of it. You're,
0: you're caught th- up in it. Yeah, you're caught up in it. And yeah. that's what's so, and, and that's it, so great. Not where I was going to go, but we may as well talk about it. The significance of that particular play can't be under – or can't be oversold because yeah. th- this team – has been so good, but does not have the commiserate number of championships to show for it. And if that had gone the other way, we'd be having a completely different conversation than we're having now. We have a conversation. I think it's safe to say there's a fair conversation about whether or not the Stampeders have been successful enough. But you take that great cup away, you lose that way, and it's a completely different conversation we're having about that team.
1: Hands down. Hands down, right. And the one thing I took away from that, as well, seeing the replay and being a viewer, mm-hmm. was how frustrated and not necessarily happy uh, Bo Levi was. Oh like, yeah, Bo Levi. His his post game interview with Farron He was like, "Yeah, we won. You know, we shouldn't have. Like, you just won." Yeah the great cup, you yeah. won the chalice, you know, you, won. Yeah, but the way they won
0: didn't feel. No. And way. I think Bo into, into fairness to Bo, Bo wants a blowout win. Like blow it, one, Bo fun. wants a signature blowout win. They well, nearly we, had this signature win when they came back against Ottawa and forced overtime. Yeah. Or did it get to overtime?
1: Ottawa, they forced overtime. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Should have won, should have won on the third uh the third down sneak, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, um, it's it's you've seen some really wild stuff in this town, dude. Like you It's seen, amazing. You have seen Because so, you arrived around the same time I did, right? Year two thousand three?
1: Yeah, September of oh three, for the beginning of the the right. flame season.
0: So you're you're originally an Ontario kid. Yeah. Right? Grew up, played a little hockey, dabbled a little hockey. Ontario yeah, League.
1: I'm from I'm from Stouffville, Ontario. Okay.
0: Did you play? Um, I
1: thought that was a small town until I talked to all you boys from Saskatchewan.
0: Well, hey, I just served three years there. I'm not from Saskatchewan. That's There's right. A that's
1: right. You told me that. that. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but did you play? Now, help me out with this. Did you play in the Ontario
1: League? Uh, no. I played for, I played, I had a cup of coffee in the, in the Junior A Okay. Ontario okay. League. Yeah. With the Aurora Eagles.
0: Oh okay. Okay. But, but, I have
1: two claim to fame. Okay. Okay. I played with I played with Mike Johnson, former NHLer. Yep. Yeah. And um and funny story there, he was actually cut from from Aurora. Um and uh he was like, I'm done, I'm not playing hockey anymore. Um uh, this is what he told me. And, um, and I just made the team. So I was, I was in and out of the lineup for a couple of months and, uh, but they, they changed the coaching staff and I just had played a couple of, I'm a defenseman, yep. so it doesn't matter with, uh, with Mike, but they changed the coaching staff. Coach came in, changed things up. I was on the outs. I couldn't get in the lineup. Um, he called Mike Johnson back. Mike Johnson made the team. That had nothing to do with no- me not playing because he was a forward. Yeah. But it's just funny how things work. Sure. Like Johnson thought he was done with hockey. Um, absolutely, he was. There's no. He, he had been cut like in previous years from other teams, and he's like, "I'm out." This guy calls Johnson back. He ends up going to Bowling Green and making the NHL. I
0: know.
1: Right. And know. Uh, that's a that's that's a great story. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, but
0: that's sports,
1: that's right? Yeah, that's sports. That's that sport. is sports. Oh, my second claim that's to fame.
0: I was going to ask you, yeah.
1: My second claim to fame. Um, do you know the assistant uh, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the numbers guy?
0: Um, Randon Pritham. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's their capologist. Yep. Played uh, minor hockey with him in Stouffville. He was a Stouffville Clipper. Just like me, he was a year ahead of me, and uh, we played together every other year. And then we played again together in Uxbridge and Junior C. Both our our, uh, junior dreams shattered, and we ended up there.
0: Yeah, but in fairness, you're both in the NHL. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Of course we are. It's just a matter of how you interpret it. All right, so you're growing up in Ontario. How did you find broadcasting, or how did broadcasting find you?
1: Um, I knew I I always wanted to be a, a broadcaster. Like I, um, I guess uh, to be completely honest, like my first dream, of course, was to be a hockey player. Sure, but I was also I was also um, I I was I don't know if in love with my voice is the right way, but I liked my voice, and I always worked on it because mm-hmm. my mom said. If you like your voice, you better work on it. So I'm I'm sure my my baritone voice is a little is baritone because that's what I liked. <laughs> so so I always thought of myself as a as a broadcaster slash uh, voice actor. Even uh, back in the day, I okay. went to this this course called uh, National Institute of Broadcasting, and it was about um, you know. Working your voice and and proper reads and stuff and that I remember I saved up and I paid for that when I was like sixteen or seventeen. So even when I was trying trying to make it in the junior days, I always I always liked broadcasting and I knew that's where I would go if I never made it.
0: That wasn't then, one of those matchbook cover things, right? Like. You yeah, know, on the I mean, match on the I matchbooks got like found
1: it in the paper. Remember those? Yeah, well that's you, know, you go to the back of the, you know, and there's a paper and you clip out the ad. Oh yeah. Was...
0: There's a whole there's a whole bunch of guys that came out of Saskatchewan that went to Western Broad Western Broadcast School or something, but it's like a six week course, right? Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> it's like, not Ryerson, it's not like you're there for four paper, years.
1: You know. Yeah. Whatever it took, Robbie.
0: Did you sing? Did you sing growing up? Never, you didn't sing, oh, eh? I
1: shouldn't say never. I I didn't sing. I was never a a soloist or anything. But I did join the church choir.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Well, no, I'm just curious because you said you worked on your voice. So I didn't. That's when I decided to go down this path. That was the first thing that I did was I went out and took singing lessons. And oh, wow. yeah, and that, that that didn't work out. Me 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it, All I know is I had to, I had to, I. I did it for about three years or four years in Fort McMurray when I got into volunteering and broadcasting. And I remember I was like just frustrated because I sang all these show tunes that I had no idea, Phantom of the Opera and everything. And then one, and then one time, I think my second or third year, she said, well, here, let's try this. And she gave me the theme to cheers. So I got to, at least I understood, at least I knew that song. Right. So I could sing that, but Hey, it helped me. I learned how to breathe and all that sort of thing. Can't carry a note to save my life, but you know. <laughs>
1: that's great.
0: So how do you end up in broadcasting? Cause you were clearly thinking about it, but how did you get there?
1: Um, so I started, uh, yeah, I started volunteering at the local cable station, uh, Rogers, Rogers Cable. Um, actually, there wasn't local because Stovall was a small town. Mm-hmm. So it was actually up in Newmarket and uh, um, just did anything they asked me to do uh, in sh- front of
0: the camera. Okay. I was going to say, did you do anything behind the camera?
1: Well, I did after university, but, uh, but yeah, that was my first... Um, doing the rogers rogers cable and i do you know um i'd cover gardening shows and yep. i go to all different sorts of things around town and, uh, i remember my camera guy armando and um uh yeah so that that was the very first uh taste of it and i did also, you get to
0: do your own show did you ever was it the type of cable? no
1: yeah no i never i never got to do my own show just uh just reports really Okay, Um, and uh,
0: I think like that's how I got into like I volunteered at ABC TV 10 in in Fort McMurray and I, you know, did everything, did my own shows, did everything. I think that's the one thing that and we can talk about how the media has changed. That's the one thing that I think hurts the business the most is not having that place where you can go volunteer, get your hours in. I mean, everybody says, well, you can do YouTube, but you can do it. It's not the same. It, there was yeah. something about going and, and volunteering your time at the the cable station, the local cable station. I think paid dividends across this country for everybody.
1: Yeah, because there was still some sort of structure. Yeah, you know what I mean, Robbie. Yeah. Like there's still some sort of structure, and and you you couldn't just do it all your way. You know, no. you could do everything, but you still had to answer um, for you know you still had to answer for what you produced, and and um I think that makes a that makes a big difference, and I, it's it's a different it's a different world. You can't really um, criticize you the YouTubers because they have come into something amazing.
0: No, uh, but I think I my, think my criticism cool. of the YouTubers, though, my yeah. criticism of the YouTubers is that there is some sense of celebrity that yeah. that I'm doing that. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this to be known? Are you being, You are not getting on cable TV to be known. <laughs> no right cable tv at yeah. the time was well i can't get a job because i have no experience at the radio station or the television station so i need experience and this is the way i'm going to get experience at least i can put this on my resume yeah I, you exactly. know i and i shouldn't say that about everybody i mean podcasting youtube and all that but i do get that sense that there's more of well you know i have a, a story to be told like i said my first job on local cable was shooting cameras and pu- and pulling cables and stuff like that right like yeah you had to do all that stuff you had to do the you had to build it
1: yeah exactly um yeah and I, there's so many different things like um I would say so I mentioned Rogers Cable I also got an opportunity to uh do color for the St. Mike's Majors uh, also Rogers, Don Jackson, I won't, I won't forget his name, gave me an opportunity. He was producing those OHL games and um, Dan Dunlevy. Yep.
0: Buffalo he Sabres. was,
1: he was the, he was the play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get it. I couldn't move him out of his seat, but uh,
0: Dan <laughs> but was there I, for a long time.
1: I, yeah. I played enough where um, I could do color at a decent, at a decent clip with uh with the St. Mike's majors and, and um so I did that. Oh, you know who else was the coach of the Majors when I was doing it? Dave Cameron. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. So that would come back later yeah. on in life, when eh? When he
1: came back to Calgary or when he came to Calgary, that was kind of yeah. that was kind of cool and interesting and I I'll, I'll never forget covering the playoffs. Matt, Matt Stagen was was the big deal.
0: The real uh, yeah.
1: He was playing for the Belleville Bulls. Okay. Um, and he was good. He was, he was smart. He was, he was really good at that level.
0: So was it always sports for you in broadcasting or or would you have gone into news or anything else? Or,
1: um, it was always sports for me. Uh, that's where I tailored it, but I would have never turned down news. I, I wouldn't have turned it down. And I guess I did do a little bit of news for, uh, for Rogers when, when, whenever they needed it, but I never really, Um, got into the news news thing full full bore Um, like I also when talking about doing all sorts of things I also worked for a thing company called Toronto Star Television Mm -hmm. which was a bracket off of the Toronto Star It was the ninth floor and that's where I did uh, I did floor directing and and uh, camera work and 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 stuff in the in the control room um, timing and everything, and then um, yeah, I also I also interned at Headline Sports, The Score.
0: Oh, the, the original. There. Okay, yeah. yeah. So now was that I, there, was that back when it was just the the it just was the chyrons, like it was just elevator music, and they just flipped the scores.
1: Exactly. That's when and and they started and the wheel. That's when it that's started. Right. So so Tim McAuliffe and and Sid Sixero were doing the wheel. Uh, guys like that. Yeah. Um uh, Cabby was there, we were there at the same time. Like uh, you think about some of the people that have come out of uh, Headline Sports slash the score, it's pretty amazing. Um how, and Burke. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. it's it's just like well, and then behind didn't, the scenes.
0: Didn't Elliot start there?
1: Elliot Friedman, yeah. No, Elliot Elliot started
0: at the fan though. And then went there's some or some combination thereof, right? Yeah,
1: there was a combination. Elliot was at the fan as well. I was, I, I, I uh, worked at the fan too. Did
0: you work at the fan 590 in Toronto? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was, I drove the sports cruiser. I was,
0: uh, oh, I didn't know you were, oh, wow. You were a street crew member?
1: I'm the street cruiser guy doing live cut ins from, from wherever Bowmanville, you name it. We drove everywhere.
0: Wow. Holy cow. So how, to connect the dots, how do you end up becoming the guy in the Calgary Bureau for TSN?
1: Uh, it's a crazy story. It's crazy that way, Robbie, because um, I was literally working three or four jobs, um, the Fan 590, doing uh, doing cut-ins at Blue Jays games, Maple Leaf games, and uh, Raptors games. Like, I got to do stuff like that. You know Howard Berger, right? Oh,
0: sure. Absolutely.
1: Howard Berger, he used to do the fan and 680. And um, with me there, he's like, I don't need to do 680. Franklin, you do it. And and that was the best. Yeah, so I'll never forget Howard Berger for that. And that from there, when the summer came, I got to do the Blue Jays games. And um, uh, long story short, there was no true connection into TSN. I had sent in demo tapes. Uh, how did I get my on-camera? Through Toronto Star Television, I'd, they'd l- I'd literally take out their cameras. They'd let me sign them out. I'd cover um, leap practices on my own just to practice with my shooting and my stand-ups. Yep. I'd do the same with Raptors practices. And finally, I after it was probably my second or third demo tape, um, I got a couple of editors at T-Star television to, to help me, you know, fancy it up and I mailed it to TSN VHS, mm-hmm. like anyone else yep. probably lost in the, in the shuffle. Um, one morning, uh, my wife and I, we we're like, we we're both working super hard, making peanuts, but working super hard. And it was, it was a Friday morning. It was the only day off I had had. And in literally a month, like, I'm like, do not wake me if my parents call because my parents love to call. I am (laughs) like, it's not happening. And um, sure enough, at like 730 in the morning, um, no, no later than eight, like the phone rings and my wife, uh, my wife answers it. And she's like, hello. And uh, all of a sudden her body like stiffens up. And uh, she's like, yeah, he's here. And I'm like, no, I am not here. <laughs> right? I'm like looking at her and I'm, like, and I'm like, I am not here. And she's like, "Yep, he's right here. And then she's like, it's TSN. I'm like, what? So right there, like, I'm trying to get the frogs out of my throat. <clears> throat> yeah. And, uh, and uh, Mark Millier was on the other end of the line and uh, he said that, um he saw my demo tape and uh he'd like to he'd like to talk to me today can you be at the office in in two hours yes (laughs) yes
0: yes i can went
1: there um uh had a short interview with him said uh we'd like to see you on camera can you cover the jays game tonight uh just practice it won't be on sports center or anything i said absolutely um, and after a couple of runs, literally three weeks later or two weeks later, I signed, I signed and I was off to Calgary a uh, couple weeks after that.
0: So what I love about this story, so when I talk to athletes, I love the story that an athlete tells that, you know, they didn't find their sport till a little later in life. And, all. you know, uh, I was talking to, who was I talking to? Sam Effa, not that long ago, didn't play sports. Then in grade 11, started running and track. Four years later, it was representing Canada. What I love about your story, the media version, is you got the job on a cold call. Like, you you sent a videotape into somebody. There was no job available. You just persevered. You sent it in. And the rest, as they say, is history, which I love. I absolutely love. You were nobody's guy. You weren't, you know, groomed or hand-picked or anything like that. You just kept working the streets. And that's awesome, man. I didn't know that. That's awesome.
1: So, so this is what, so here's the other part of the story, Robbie. So after I signed and Miliere, he's like, he's like, I just got to tell you, he's like, do you know, you know how I found your tape? I'm like, no, like how would I know? how you <laughs> Yeah, it? exactly. He's like, I was, I was cleaning up. Uh, he called me on a Friday. So I was cleaning up at like midnight on Thursday um, after my kids in the basement. And, your tape was in the bottom of their toy box. What? And and I picked it up and I decided to take a look at it. And I'm like, that guy, we're going to be, we're going to, if we can, we're sending that guy to Calgary. So, (laughs) so he must've, you know, I mean, you know how it is. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So he must've brought stacks of tapes home, never looked through mine and it just appeared at the exact right moment. And like, I don't want to get uh, religious on you, but you know, I go to church. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm a believer. And um, two weeks before I got the TSN call, um, I got we were called to the altar, and Lennox Walker, the 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 pastor, mm-hmm. um, said he pointed right at me. He didn't know me yet, but he's like, "You young man, your dreams are gonna come true." And I'm like. All right. Thanks, Lennox. You oh know, <laughs> Two weeks later, I got the call. I'm on T. I, I get the I get hired and I'm in Cowtown. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a that's crazy story.
0: That's unbelievable. Um, So what I need to know, then, Jermaine, is because part of this this conversation is I have this utmost respect for the job that you do, because you're the last you're the last of the, the bastion of guys who were reporters. You do the news. You don't do the opinion. You do the yeah. news. <laughs> right? Like, and, and, and I think we can get into a whole philosophical question, but back when you came to Calgary, there was a lot of guys doing the news and a few of us doing opinion. Now it's yeah. a flip. Where did you learn – how did you learn to do the news part? How did you learn to do the – chasing of the story to build the story to find the story and all of that it's easy to come up with opinions anybody can do that but to do what you have to do where did you learn and hone that part
1: well i i would say um university and through volunteering and just and just um just keeping at it and i think it's honestly robbie i think it's a it's it's a natural part of of who we are and when you're put into a position that when you're put into a position where it isn't necessarily news, that's when things get a little uncomfortable and you know about this business. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, it is, it has changed and there are teams and there are sides. And, um, when before, uh, before they're now they're calling things partnerships, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, no, no, you no. 100%. Know what 100%, I mean? so, yeah, 100%. So when when I first arrived in in um in Calgary, um I like I that's how I learned um and from going to school and university, the journalism courses, I know about objectivity. Um and that's I think that's a bit of a natural a natural thing for me. But at the same time, I didn't realize um how I guess objective or uh that i I was until you start to notice how unobjective other guys are allowed to be i and i i fully understand but when it comes right down to it i even know like the radio guys like when you were in radio there are some things that you had to struggle with because it was you you would get somebody knocking on your door like that was a little harsh oh yeah i was a little and what are you
0: alluding to you know what's what's not supposed to mean and yeah. then you're like no you you, know. you you were there you saw it yeah you, you saw it firsthand and that's you're right but but i accepted that as being on the opinion side as yeah. much as i wanted to have journalistic qualities i was yeah. not a journalist i was a broadcaster but essentially i was an opinion maker and yeah. and and yeah. i preferred interviewer and and all of that storyteller but that's what it was you have to be the news guy you had to yeah. be the news guy all the time yeah. and 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 I don't know, you tell me if I'm stepping into places you don't want to go, but your transition in Calgary wasn't necessarily very easy either because the first guy you're dealing with is Daryl Sutter, head coach slash GM uh, of the Calgary Flames. And I was there, I suffered my bruises, but you took a lot of lumps from him.
1: Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you tell me you're the expert, you know.
0: <laughs> I uh exactly. I mean that you know, that happened what, three or four times a month or whatever. He, yeah. I love him. I think he's a great guy, but he was he was always it took me a long time to figure out Daryl Sutter. Daryl was probably in a better place when things weren't going well and didn't like it when things were going good. And exactly. he was a great interview if they were struggling, he was a terrible interview if they were winning. Is that exactly. fair?
1: Exactly. I'll never forget, but Sean Donovan, he must've scored. I think he honestly scored like, um, like we'll say six goals in eight games or something oh, like he had that.
0: that streak. He had that run. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. Remember that yeah, yeah. or six
1: eight games. And yeah. I remember, you know, asking about Sean Donovan, he's like, he's a minus player. What's that tell you? And I was just like, <laughs> like, can we not work together just once? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, Daryl, like he he always had his hand his his finger on the pulse. Um, I'll never forget, like uh, um, after he just lamp basted me in an, in a interview um, in a scrum. Literally, after it was over, he asked me how my daughter Micah was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Know, like, no, no, and, and I'm not I laughing. And hear, I, like, yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, it did, you know, it's funny you talk about sides and teams and partnerships and stuff like that. It was never personal for Daryl. No, like was, we took it personal. Like it yeah, was hard he, on he, the <laughs> ego. Yeah. But he never took it personal, right? And that's okay. the first, And that your first gig in the business, your first real gig in the business, you're kind of dealing with that guy right and oh, were yeah. you and were you you did CFL right away too when you got here right yeah and that yeah. was a gong show
1: that was a gong
0: show right <laughs> was that was that Jim Barker or Matt Dunnigan
1: uh that was uh Dunnigan
0: yeah it was Dunnigan
1: yeah they brought Oh Dunigan. what
0: a gong show that was
1: yeah and uh, uh, Fateri was the uh owner you oh.
0: know did you go to the did you go to the press conference at the Hyatt downtown were no, you, I missed when that when he one. did the lawsuit. When he was doing the lawsuit,
1: no, oh. I missed that one.
0: Yeah, but holy cow! For your first year, man, you saw and did a lot of things.
1: Yeah, it right? was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah. Did you ever living out of a hotel for for <laughs> a few months too? It was crazy, and uh, and my wife was pregnant with Micah. It was yeah, it was crazy. It was a lot. Of, it was it was an experience I'd never ever um, trade in though. No, no, it was, it was, it, I mean, to have the opportunity to, um, it was literally baptism by fire. Nobody, nobody believed in that, in the flames at that point, everybody was waiting for them to fall off the cliff. Um, and, and they never did and they never did to their credit. And with that being said, it was just more and more work cause they, cause it was, all about with calgary um we still fight we still fight to this day to get mo- to be seen here in calgary um nationally with t s n but then it was an easy place to put um put people where they could grow uh because they they would rarely be on air that wasn't the case in my first year no i i was i was i was on on air a lot and had to, you know, go through my scripts and, and uh, get things corrected and put it in a proper frame and the timing, like to only have 90 seconds or two minutes to tell the story you want to tell. That was a lot. That was a lot of learning on the run. And, and it was, I thought it was great. Like I loved every minute of it because, um it was the real deal and there were and the time limits and the post game stories and the fact that you had to have it done in 40 minutes or less and you it was it was awesome it was awesome
0: Was that run was that your was that the infamous run in with Ron Wilson? Was it that year? Or was that uh, later uh, on? Was that the one later on?
1: That was that was later on. That was Yeah, that
0: was okay. So that was the 08 yeah. Yeah. or 09 run. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember. Like, the stuff was coming for you. That first year was learning, but there was things yeah. that were going to come come your way.
1: Oh, big time! Yeah, the the Ron Wilson, that was crazy. Um, did you want to get into that? Nah,
0: well, we should probably stick somewhat chronologically. Okay, but tell, <laughs> but tell me about because again, you get here, teams okay gets Kiprasov catches a little magic in the in the you know in a bottle you're able to cover that season but it's the playoffs where things really kind of blossomed right yeah Uh, because now you're traveling because you weren't traveling before that were you
1: no yeah that's now you're traveling and and now i was traveling and my wife was very pregnant at that time and i remember talking to tsn like don't worry Flames won't make it out of the first round anyways. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. They won't make it out of the first round. <laughs> and and then they beat uh San Jose, I believe it was, in the first round.
0: No, no, Vancouver.
1: Vancouver, that's right. Vancouver in the first round. Then then it was Detroit. Yeah. And that and that's where I had to not travel in game five. Game five, I couldn't travel. Um, because my daughter was um, about to be born, and and uh, she was born May first, so her birthday's coming back up. And they were like, you know, um, uh, the Flames probably won't make it past Detroit, so you'll be fine. And Detroit then the Flames- was the
0: best team in the league that year, weren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they beat Detroit, and uh, I was like, yeah, gotta go to San Jose. <laughs> and uh you know just uh kiss my daughter you know i'll see you in a in a couple of weeks it wasn't a couple of weeks
0: no <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> it was into june right
1: yeah and then and then they beat and then they took tampa to seven games um yeah what a run what a run and uh and yeah it it was it was unbelievable
0: yeah. And you were part of those, if I remember correctly, when did they start the media charter? Was that the final?
1: Yeah, Tampa.
0: And, yeah. and it just people, I mean, every hey, it's a great job. Nobody's arguing that. But you had to fly charter Calgary to Tampa, back to Calgary, back to Tampa, back to Calgary, back to, Calgary, back to Tampa.
1: Yeah, like it exactly.
0: was So there was no downtime. There was never any there, downtime.
1: There was no down, absolutely no downtime. And um, the charter was not, it was not fun at all like people when you hear charter you think it's
0: oh yeah it's a vacation right Oh, first class and food and the whole nine yards
1: oh no it was like packed to the gills because tons of media covered and there was it was just like a a regular plane very little leg room three rows three rows two two three rows across I had the middle I was a rookie of course so I'm yeah I always had a middle seat I'm six three three two. 2:30 then, you know, maybe 2, you know. Yeah. And uh and yeah, that char- and that was a long flight and and it was go go go, which is great. Um but it it is tough. It is tough. Um I remember coming off the flight, you know, having to do another like having to do uh another story and half the time um you didn't get all your all your stuff too, right? Like sometimes there would be availabilities in Tampa and they're like, okay, here are the things that you're like, Oh, okay. I wish I could have asked them myself. And then, so you're building stories jointly, yeah. but, uh, but it was, yeah, it was a great experience.
0: What, yeah. what were you getting in terms of feedback then? What was, were you, I mean, were they happy with you? Were they hard on you? I, I mean, I never asked you that. Like, you know, what was the feedback that you were getting? Cause you mentioned it. You were kind of in the hinterland. The Flames weren't really a, an issue, and even in the first round, Vancouver would have been the bigger story. Yeah. But as this thing went on, you would have played a, a much larger, more prominent role for TSN.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the feed. I don't. I would say there wasn't much feedback. Uh, no news was probably good news. Yep. Okay. Um, uh But. But yeah, still went through the scripts. Adjustments had to be made. It wasn't like I I would just go on my own and then come back with what I what I had. It was here's here's and when it's when it's that deep, everything is is um there's a meeting about every angle because one um, I'm not the only reporter. Two, they can't have repeating stories. Three, you gotta leave nuggets for everyone else. Yep. Um, so it's like you know. Uh McKenzie's talking about this and uh Rashad's talking about this and Jermaine's talking about this and blah blah blah. So there's I mean, we took up all of Sports Center and uh and I was just a piece of the pie and uh and loved every minute of it.
0: Were you also at that time I mean, were you picking up roughnecks stories? Were you doing stampeders were about to open camp and stuff like that? I mean, were you just able to focus on hockey or did you have other Work, no work it arm. was
1: hockey it was just it was hockey. just hockey eh? yeah yeah okay yeah no worries about any any other thing and um i think about it now like to if we were to go through something like that uh today i'd have a lot more time off after a stanley cup run run than i did <laughs> after that run it was like take a couple of days and yeah. you know Stamps are going yep. and we just stamps, and you're just like, okay. And you just go, go, go. But, uh, but when you're doing something you like and you love, I mean, yeah. you can't complain
0: too much. Uh, he's Jermaine Franklin from TSN, our guest here on the original Six Feet Conversation podcast. Not sure what sports are provided in Calgary. Sport Calgary's Sport Directory will help you find the sport and sport organization that's right for you. Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Tell me about the relationship. Because it's going away, sadly. But tell me about the relationship that you've had with two cameramen. Because essentially you had two shooters your time here in Calgary. And um, you're the face. You're the guy that we know. You're the guy we hear from. But it really is a team effort.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, uh, Ned Demich was my first camera guy. And, and Ryan Vardy is my, my camera guy now. It's hard to believe. But I've been here um, almost uh, 17 years. Yeah. Um and uh, and both camera guys, I couldn't ask I couldn't ask for more. Um, it's a it's a it's an important relationship between a reporter and his camera guy. Like he is he is your eyes as well. Like he is the guy that that tells you that your tie isn't straight. He tells you that you got crumbs on your face. He tells you all those little things that everybody at home notices. Um, but also, uh, I love to bounce off bounce my ideas off of them. I love to um literally read my script or or my stand up um to to them because um because if they don't get it the 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 average viewer isn't going to get it. Like if they're asking me what are you what are you trying to say here or yeah. why did you say like eight different numbers in your stand up? Like what's with all the stats? I lost you at, you know, <laughs> 3 out of 4 Um, that's huge to me. Mm -hmm. That's huge to me because, um, and I take, and the thing is I trust, I trust them. So I trust their word and that's, and that's a, that's a big thing. And I think that goes a long way in terms of the relationship, um, with them. And I, I, I let them know too, if I have, if I have any, uh, beefs or if I'm like, Hey, we gotta make sure we catch these guys on the ice. Like it's, uh, it's give and take, but, but, um, we've never really had any, any uh real disagreements which is which is great i think they were easy they are easy to work with and i i believe i'm pretty easy to work with but that relationship is is huge because if they're not giving their all it reflects on the on the the whole of the project the project and yeah. the product
0: what about technology you mentioned you're like 17 years in now from when you came to calgary to now how has technology impacted your job oh
1: it's um it's made it it's made it better it's made it better i wouldn't say easier but i'd say uh better less time consuming um but it allows you to do more work and the expectations are ob- obviously mm-hmm. a little bit higher all of a sudden um i'll give you an example um uh, my first we'll say the first 10 years um, actually probably more We always have to drive back up to the CTV station. We don't have, um, we don't have our own office. We don't have our own feeding, uh, capabilities. So back in the day, we used to either have to pay major money to feed via satellite, um, from the saddle dome, or we'd have to drive back up to the news station, CTV to feed our stuff through their system to get back to Toronto. Um, and, uh, and we used, and that drive, whether it's from the Saddle Dome or whether it's from McMahon Stadium, it's going to take an extra 20 minutes if there's traffic. It's 30 minutes, so that's all time that you don't have uh, to perfect your yeah. story or yeah. or get up to the station, um, and uh, and do that both ways. That's that's an hour and you know you just don't get home nearly as as quickly now they have something called a digero which has been around for at least 5 years where you can feed stuff digitally through cell phone lines or <laughs> ethernet and you don't have to go anywhere yeah basically it's a time saver it's amazing it's amazing that it's a time saver but at the same time Robbie it gives you more time to do a second or third draft of your writing you're like oh i got more time so you you figure it out you say it in a better way you don't have um as much uh worry about getting it done on time because you have more time to get it even better so i would say that technology has gone a long way in in that sense um and and the camera guys the way that the they haven't changed their camera that much but their lighting, they seem to have changed their lighting a lot, and everything seems to be uh, brighter. But that's what technology does. Uh, it's b- brighter, better, and easier to travel with.
0: And, and we kind of alluded to it, but just talk about, like, the business has been interesting. It's not the same as it was when you came to Calgary. It just isn't. You know, no. and, uh, you know, I, I know we've kind of gone down that path. But, you know, again, I got a ton of respect for you because you remain one of the few news gatherers. You know, I, I guess, are you asked, you're probably asked to give opinion more now than maybe you were, but you still, your primary job is to gather news, right?
1: Yeah, my primary job is definitely to gather news. Uh, just the last couple of years, we've, I've done a, a thing called 3 and 3 uh, with Aaron Vickers uh, uh, lately. The last couple of years it's been with Aaron Vickers, and that's where I get to voice a little bit of an opinion, a little bit of uh, expertise. But yeah, it's it's truly news gathering. And, um, I mean, you mentioned it before and I, I don't disagree. Like I, I find that in most cases or in many cases, I'll say many cases, um, if there's a tough question to ask, um, I can't necessarily depend on anybody else to ask it. Uh, because, um, because it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be nice. <laughs> does that make any sense to you, Robbie? It does,
0: but I wonder how much of that was the group think that, well, we'll just get out of the way and let Jermaine ask it.
1: Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it, too. That's it, too. Um, because I, I know- used to
0: bug you. I used to bug you all the time because, and I don't want to put you in a difficult spot, but there were questions that you were, you know, Asked to ask, right? Oh yeah. If oh, there was, oh yeah. If there was something going on in Calgary, or see Austin Matthews last night, <laughs> right? No, no. But and and we had fun with you. But I yeah. always felt bad because it's not that you wanted to ask that, but it was connected to the job, right? It was oh, yeah. connected to, and and that's a good example. Something would happen in Toronto. And then you would have to, and then Ryan would have to ask in Edmonton and somebody would have to Farhan would have to ask in Vancouver. You'd kind of need that cross-country thing.
1: Yeah, and, exactly. You
0: know, and yeah. I think, I, one man's opinion, but I think at times, I think the group might have got a little lazy and said, well, oh, oof, tough day today. Okay, Jermaine, go ahead. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that happens.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd say that, that that happened for sure. And I think, I think it... um And I think some sometimes news items like I think news items news items are have changed a little bit, but uh, it's terms of the news gathering. um, I'm I am the guy. Unfortunately, right now I think well for a long time I don't let guys off the hook as much. Off like Johnny Gaudreau, for an example, um, this year. I don't think he enjoyed talking to me very much Mm -hmm. because he had, he had some tough rough stints. Yep. And, um, the fact of the matter is I'm the guy who asked him about his rough stints. I'm the guy who, who brought him out. Um, who's asking for him? Jermaine. Oh, okay. Like, here we go again. Um, I'm not, I'm not picking on Johnny Gaudreau. I wasn't picking on him, but I don't know why. Um, I don't, times have changed perhaps, but, um, when he's the number one, number one offensive guy and he's not producing offense, you got to ask him about it. And, um, not everybody would, not everybody asks him about it. And I'm, I think uh, a little bit of, of that has to do with the partnership thing or, or it's easier to ask him about it on the road when nobody else is around and, and, uh, and well, I'm not on the road with him all the time, so he's going to get the heat here at home.
0: Well, don't you think other part of it as well, Jermaine, is that, you know, a, a radio guy or a newspaper guy can wait till the scrum's over and sit down and nestle in and let's have a chat. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you can't have a chat. You're no. doing an interview. You're doing, exactly. you're predominantly a scrum guy. That's the nature of the beast. Yeah. I still think that it's old school a bit in in yeah. in the sense that this young group is I, I think you keep using that word and i think that's accurate i think and they're they're more protected now
1: yeah right? yeah and like and you're right when the light is on on them and the, you know every time they walk up and they see the pop of the light from the cameras and everything it's a different sure. um it's a different different atmosphere so it's tougher to um for them to feel comfortable with i'd say a tv guy yeah um talking to guys now i noticed like on on skype or or zoom like the new world that we're in um i've had trouble having interviews under 10 minutes like they're at home they're relaxed um there's time for small talk there's you know and no it's
0: a great you're right you're absolutely and
1: it's just it's just different and uh and because there's nobody else around, I don't have to rush to get to what I need. You know, yep. there's there's a limited time that you have with the player. If somebody else has like two or three questions they got to ask and someone else has two or three questions and it's completely different subjects, there's no time to nestle in or or beat around the bush. It's like, you know, Johnny, you haven't scored in eight games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've lost, you know, you haven't scored in eight games and they've lost five, five of the set eight games by one goal you know how much of a difference could could you have made right not a nice question no but a real one (laughs) you know i do do.
0: um so you get nhl players and CFL players in calgary but you are you have been sent to nba events yeah you've been sent to college events um i believe you've been sent to nfl events if i remember correctly have you not
1: uh yeah, I've I've covered a few NFL games. So, yeah. Peyton Manning and Denver.
0: So to my point, which my next question for you is rank them. Who who from what you have to do, who's the easiest and who's the hardest athletes to work with and do what you have to do.
1: Uh, wow. Uh best athletes to work with um CFL athletes, yeah. Okay. They're good they good. They're good. They got time for you. Excuse me. Um, uh, and you know what? Uh, hockey, hockey guys, I put hockey and basketball in a similar, in a similar place. Okay. Um, it's just a different world. I've also covered MLB. Um, one of my worst experiences, uh, in a, in a room was, was with, w- in major league baseball. Um, it was, uh, I've had a, I've had a couple, but it was definitely with, uh, it was David Ortiz, big poppy, you know, everybody <laughs> loves Ortiz, but apparently he doesn't always talk a post game. All right. Um, and I was covering, uh, it was a Jays Boston game. So I was doing the visiting room. I was, I saw, I saw Ortiz and then I walked up to him and I said, uh, uh, excuse me, David, do you have a, a couple of a minutes? To talk, to ask a couple questions, and and uh, he turned around and he looked at me and he's like, "What do you want to ask me?" <laughs> "Want to ask you about the game and you know uh, you know the the run you guys are on?" And um, he's like, "All right, go ahead." So he's looking like he's looking at me like like you would look. Like we're looking at each other, Robbie. He's like, and then he goes, go ahead. And he knew I had a mic in my hand. He knew there was a camera and he literally turned his back to me. And yeah, so first he turned his back to me and said, go ahead, ask. And I was like, what? And of course, all the Boston writers who who were looking in the background, like shocked that he actually said he would talk, come right in. I don't even ask a question. They just start rifling off questions. And he talks with his back to us, putting his chains on, lotioning. And I'm just like, is this is this really happening? Like, did this dude just turn his back? He's answering questions. What am I going to show my producers? Right. Pappy's the back of Pappy's neck with his gold chains. Like, what a joke but um and i understand that apparently he's a great guy yeah you know, but that's my experience with big Pappy. yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm never i'm never going to forget it yeah. he treated me like like i wasn't there like garbage basically right um uh so yeah major leaguers i wouldn't say but um uh back to the ranking it all depends on the guy too mm-hmm. i mean when i say when when i st- I mentioned before I got to cover NFL and Peyton Manning, man, is he good? Like so charismatic, you know, you only have five to 10 minutes uh, with him in a scrum atmosphere. But I, I remember one of my proudest moments. Cause it was, it was, it was the fact that ESPN used both my questions and they used, they liked my questions to Peyton Manning for when we were talking and he gave me, us outstanding answers and then they ended up using um ned ned damage one of my cameras they used his shot because it was right bang on it was a perfect shot which anybody like people in the business they really care about that um and uh, it was like boom like that was great and manning i i talked to him a couple times he was he was awesome cfl players easiest and really good guys to deal with gave you lots of time hockey guys um really friendly but don't give you much um and basketball is i'd say is about the same
0: yeah you um the position i keep coming back to the position and and part of the reason i wanted to talk to you is you have been involved in some pretty notable on camera things where i think I felt bad for you because I think you just were not the wrong place, at the wrong time, but the person that you were talking to wanted to send a message or was, you know, not respecting you and just trying to run their own agenda. I mentioned yeah. Ron Wilson. Let's talk about that because that to me was like that. Uh, like it was, are you sure that was, are you sure that wasn't four?
1: I'm positive. Okay. I'm positive because the this this is the way it worked and Ron Wilson he was he was he was a he was not nice to me a couple of times
0: yeah but but the one I'm thinking of is um typical TSN typical Canada exactly
1: exactly so that so that time that was actually San Jose and I believe it was LA San Jose and LA were playing in the playoffs it wasn't Okay. Calgary, was San Jose LA and yeah. I was assigned and that's what bugs That still bugs me a little bit to this day I was assigned to do the first uh um we'll say three games or games games three to five we'll say mm-hmm. um so I was in San Jose uh for for yeah game five I think it was anyways um uh Patrick Marlowe had not scored a goal yet in that series. And, um, and he was struggling offensively.
0: The right. Heat was, right.
1: The heat was on. Yeah. And, uh, um, and this is a lesson, uh, in terms of there's, there's, there are different ways you could ask. I, I still to this day do not believe I asked, um, the wrong way, but if I'd known Ron Wilson, Better, maybe I would have tried to massage it, but I I had no idea that he would be so snappy. Uh, But this is the way. This is the way that. Speaking of meetings, I was in a quick meeting with the producer, um, (laughs) uh, and and the analysts, um, and Glenn Healy. As well, he was in there and it was like, We gotta ask about Marlo. We gotta ask about Marlo. I'm like, No problem, ask about Marlo, but and it was like, No, but we have to ask him in a certain way. And I'm like, Okay, um yeah, no worries. So it was he's it was like just a we'll just ask, do you need more out of your captain? And I'm like, Okay, yeah. So first question was good, second question, um do you need, do you need to see more out of your captain? No. And, uh, it was just a no. And I'm like, well, thank, thanks for your time. And as I'm thanking him for my, for his time, he walks in front of me. Um, and then he, he walks in front of me and he's like, um, that's, that's typical TSN, typical Canada, always, always fricking negative.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Always freaking negative as he's trying to open the door to the dressing room. Tom Holy, who's now with the Dallas stars scrambling to get his key to open the door for him. And, and, uh, it was pre-recorded, Robbie. So, so TSN said, you know what, we're not going to air that because, um, it, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for either of them. And, uh, and it was like, okay, so the rest of the game went fine. But, uh, CBC who has the, had the full rights or have the full rights got, gets everything on the back, yep. on the back, on the backside, on the backside. Yeah. So even though TSN chose not to air it, um, CBC, um, had it. Yeah. And, the next night, as I'm flying home, Don Cherry decides to play it.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: And and completely rips me on national television, calling me a weasel. Yep. Saying I was searching and I would have went back to Marlowe and said, this is what the coach said to you. Meanwhile, I have no idea. Uh, as I'm flying back home that, that night and by the time I got off the flight, my BlackBerry, remember those? <laughs> yeah. Like, people, like, when I turned my BlackBerry back on after clearing customs, people next to me were, like, at like looking at me because all it was, N-n-n-n-n-n. like, I had 80 messages um, all about, don't worry, Jermaine, that's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. And I was like, what are we talking about? I had no idea what was going on and uh that turned into a huge right. a huge thing that I really had nothing to do with but if if you remember like that lasted throughout the summer
0: like oh it it, it, it had it
1: a huge sure day with that, yeah because he ended up getting hired by the Leafs yeah, and <laughs> like it was just unbelievable. Um, But, yeah, that was was one of those moments that clearly won't ever be forgotten.
0: See, I think I remember now, he said in the Calgary series to you, he said that the Flames were playing with the weight of a nation on them, right?
1: I think so, yeah. That's what he said.
0: Yeah, he's that's so Ron. That was kind of the first time Ron Wilson kind of got on my radar for stuff like that. And he said, yeah. "Hey, they're playing with the weight of a whole nation on them, right?" Yeah, that yeah. was his thing. And then you're right; I completely forgot it was an L.A. San Jose series. And yeah. and of course, yeah, Don got involved. Um, the other <laughs> one is tell me about Sean Avery.
1: Oh right, woo! That was crazy, <laughs> Yeah, that now well, I like. I wish I I had everything to do with it, but I'm just glad that I had my mic ready and Ned had his camera ready because, um, and and you tell the story better than I do, Robbie. We can talk about the, the so we talked to Dave Tippett.
0: Yes, <laughs> right. And I thought it was you who asked him about Sean Avery, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. I I I asked him about Sean Avery and. And, uh, and you know how he, he has, so he was, this this
0: was getting towards the end. He had been bounced around a little bit. Now he was in Dallas and of course, everybody was paying attention because, you know, he could get himself into trouble. Right. But up until that point, you know, he, he hadn't really done anything in Dallas, had he?
1: No. And Tippett said, I think to quote him said that he has been a model citizen. Yep. And he didn't understand why he had such a bad rap that he had. Yep. It was like Avery was a boy scout. He yep. couldn't ask for anything more out of the guy. And nope. he's been a great teammate. And he basically kind of gave us a little bit of a scolding, you know? He like, did.
0: No, he absolutely did. Right. <laughs> saying how,
1: how he's been great and we shouldn't be expecting um, the worst out of him. Um, of course, Robbie, we know that... Uh, uh, Dion Phaneuf was dating Avery's ex girlfriend at the time. now Phaneuf is married to her, Alicia Cuthbert.
0: That's correct. Yep. Yep.
1: So, um, so after we talked to Dave Tippett.
0: Literally is, right after. Right after. Like he <laughs> right. had just finished that answer. The scrum broke up and we went to the dressing room. Right. Rooms
1: open. Yep. <laughs> we come in, we go into the dressing room and, uh, um, Avery comes out of the comes comes out of the back and he's like, Where's TSN?
0: Specifically. <laughs> specifically.
1: And I was just like, we are right here. And Ned was ready, rolling, boom, everyone rolled. Well, everyone who heard it rolled in. Because there was a guy that missed it. Yep. A competitor. Yep. And uh and Sean Avery goes, I just don't understand why everybody wants my uh, sloppy seconds, which is so disrespectful.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah,
1: so disrespectful. Soon as that was, soon as that was said, it was over. Like,
0: we. Well, I uh, thought you asked a follow up. Didn't you ask for clarification or something? Because that's how oh, I remember. I,
1: I, I asked him, "Is that what you're gonna? Is that what you're gonna tell Dion when you see him on the that's, ice
0: tonight?" Yeah, that's what it was. And he
1: ignored yeah. it and walked out, right out of the room.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you remember who was, you know, remember who was sitting right behind us?
1: Yeah, Marty Turco. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And, and Turco just, just shook his head. <laughs> he like, he was so disappointed. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he? He was. And we yeah. were all, we were all like, th- there was about a 10 second pause where we were, we were kind of, <laughs> there was only three or four of us, but we we're kind of looking at each other going, did he just, <laughs> like, he said what we just think he said? Did he say that? Yeah. yeah. and <laughs> And... I mean I uh, you know I ran right away to get it up and I remember yep. making a phone call going this is what he said are we going to play it <laughs> and th- yeah I mean it was insane but literally insane. Came, literally came out from the sh- from behind and said where's TSN
1: yeah where's TSN gave us the sound bite and walk- basically dropped the mic and walked walked away cuz I I did have the follow up. Is that what you're going to tell Dion tonight? and you you yeah. just ignored it, yeah. but just like you, like everyone took off, and i mentioned I mentioned the technology, yep. dejero wasn't around then, so we had to I had to call and say, "Look, you need this now, so we had to spend major dough to 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 book the next satellite feed, have it ready to go. You only get fifteen minutes, and you know it was pandemonium. And, uh, of course, when the NHL got a hold of it, all of a sudden,
0: well, they, they treated it right as they should have. It was, he was wrong. He was, I, and I, I remember talking to you afterwards and I'm not sure I was more dumbfounded by Avery. I guess I was, but I just couldn't get over Tippett had just like literally seconds before had gone to bat for this guy scolded us really did scolded <laughs> scolded you because i think you asked the question but was was really condescending and not condescending but was yeah. really scolding and then this happened like it was it was insane it was it really was, insane
1: it was it was right out of a movie basically yeah so um yeah that was that that, that was an eye opener for sure
0: yeah yeah you got you were involved in a couple cuz you were um weren't you involved in a uh, LeBron one too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, in. <laughs> I was involved in a, a couple of LeBron ones. Uh, um, the most recent, uh, the most recent was, uh, LeBron. <laughs> I asked him about, uh, the, that's right. What did I ask him? Um, I had to beat around, I had to beat around the bush a little bit, you know, try and massage. Yep massage the ego and of course it wasn't in a scrum but it was a press conference style and uh um this was this was literally after game 2 and in game 1 this is when Cleveland played Golden State and JR Smith forgot the time on the clock right right he yep. got that offensive board yep. um instead of putting it right back up he thought they were up he drove to midcourt so ESPN, obviously, brilliantly, after they lost game two, uh, but they had the footage from game one, but they sat on it. And, of course, there's two or three days in between games, and they came out with this footage. And nobody wanted to ask LeBron about it, but T- but ES- ESPN had been lambasting him because the footage in between the overtime and the fourth quarter in the overtime, LeBron did not say a word to any of his teammates. And he looked away the whole time. He was, you know, and they kept on saying how he was a bad teammate and he should have tried to, you know, um, lift J.R. <laughs> Smith's spirits and all that stuff. Um, and to whatever, that's their opinion. And, and I, I kind of agree with it, but nobody asked him about it. And I was like, is this press conference going to go without giving LeBron an opportunity to defend himself? You know what <laughs> I you know what I mean yep, Robbie? No. I do.
0: Absolutely. So, and nobody asked him
1: and I'm like and thank goodness I knew the the guys NBA know knew me by now and they're like okay um Jermaine uh I don't know if it was the last question or one of the last questions and I said so LeBron um uh there's footage that came out you didn't talk you didn't talk to your teammates during the timeout between overtime, um, you are being, and I said, you are being criticized, uh, for not picking up their, picking up their spirits. Uh, and he cut me off. He's like, he was like, who me criticized? (laughs) No, like he was, he was being so sarcastic. Right. And, uh, uh, and then he's like, and then he goes, we're in the NBA finals. How much more picking up of my teammates do I need to do? So basically he said, I carried this team here. What more do you expect out of me, right? Yeah. Of course, that's what ESPN and the world is going with. All night, all morning, that's the clip they're leading with the whole time. And it was like, wow, yeah, I got like LeBron... Actually showed a little bit of his frustration there, which was big um, because he's very good, but he's not always authentic, um, which is which is normal.
0: Are are you okay with that? Like I've always uh, there's so much I admire about you, but you've always had a a thick skin. Like you know Ron Wilson takes a run at you, okay, I'm just doing my job. You know even Sean Avery, I was more freaked out than you were. I had nothing yeah. to do. I just stuck my microphone in it. <laughs> I was freaked out, like, you know, th- there you are, and and LeBron, and, and you're absolutely like you're doing everybody's work for them in a way. Yeah. But does it ever get to you? Uh
1: not really. Actually, I mean, I, I, in the moment, uh, I might, it might get to me just a touch, but it doesn't get to me um, because I know it's good clips the one the other time with lebron and i'll give you another example and this is earlier um Le- this is the second well the third nba finals for lebron but the second straight this is with miami yeah and they had lost to the mavericks and they were up against okc and lebron had uh or a story had come out that my producer uh, said we have to follow up on. So, so there was a story, Dwayne Wade did a sit down with Rachel Nichols saying that he had passed the baton to LeBron. He is the leader of this team, which is why, you know, they're, they're a little bit in a better position uh, now. And I'm like, okay. So I remember talking to Rachel Nichols um, and she's like, yeah, that's exactly what he told me. So, So and they weren't available until now. And I had to ask LeBron that question. I said, LeBron, I asked him, I said, LeBron, what was it or what was it like? Or when when did Dwayne Wade, um, you know, say that you were the leader of this team? And he said, who told you that? I said, oh, it's been widely reported. So, again, he puts me on the spot. He cuts me off in front of the world (laughs) because it's on the world feed. He said, who told you that? I said, oh, it's been widely reported. Uh, and Dwayne Wade said that. Um, he is, That you are now, you're the leader of the team. And he's like, nah, didn't happen.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just like that. And I was like, what? So so after, so like that kibosh is the story. But now I got to find out if it happened or not. So I literally run around the back because they have to get up from the, get off the podium and go to the room. And I, and I, and I stopped like before he could get off the, the stage behind the curtains. I'm like, LeBron, like, this is what I, I know what you just told me, but I need to know <laughs> what the truth is for this story. Cause I got to, you know, and, uh, he basically, he kind of just shrugged me off. And said it didn't happen. Of course, we see the sit down of Dwayne Wade saying that he passed the baton to LeBron, and it was right. a big da da da. And I was like, so that that pissed me off. <laughs> sure, sure. And with him saying it didn't happen, like I'm not putting a story where he says where it happened, or uh, right. So I had to rewrite and do something different. I don't even remember what I did, but that that uh, that like that definitely got to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do do you feel like, especially in those environments, I mean, everybody knows you here, but when you're in the NBA, when you're in the NFL, are you, are you known commodity? I mean, are you, because you're the Canadian guy or, you know, I'm
1: definitely known in the NBA because I did so many finals. I've done like nine of them. So, so a lot of guys recognize me and know, know me. Um, but the NFL, yeah, it's... Uh, well, there's too
0: many guys that go through there, right? Like, it's just, yeah. it just turns over too quick. Yeah, right? exactly.
1: And it's, but they, it is their job. It is their job to know who's there. Like, I'll never forget. No, um, I hope I never forget. I did, uh, I was at the New York Giants uh, practice, um, and I got the, the chance to do the Turnpike series between the Giants and Philadelphia. Never got to cover the game, but all the availabilities are literally four or five days before the game. So I had to do the availabilities and, um, going to giants practice. They, they literally take attendance and yes, I had a pass, but when it came time to walk onto the practice field, um, it was, uh, you and you, you're not allowed. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? We're just going to the practice field. They're like, yeah, but you're not local media. Um, you could be a spy. We just can't trust you. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah." Like, and then they show me to this monstrous, beautiful cafeteria. They're like, "You guys can hang out here, eat what you want, whatever, <laughs> for the for the hour." I'm like, "Okay." And they're like, "We'll come get you when everyone's available." And I was like, "Wow." Now that's, that's big time. Yeah. And the, and it was the same with Philadelphia, but I didn't try and go to the practice field. Then I checked this time, you know, cause I checked on we allowed. They're like, no, you're not allowed. I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, have you done the perfect interview yet?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Um, no, no chance. But, and I want, I don't know if I'll, ever do the perfect interview but i think i think uh it's all in the eye eye of the beholder like um certain interviews sometimes i go oh i say i'm an ah too much or or i i think about uh the my delivery but in other times i'm really happy with the way that um you know you deliver a question and sometimes the the subject just isn't in the mood, (laughs) but there are interviews where it just goes great. But in terms of perfect, yeah, uh, I don't, I think it's still out there to be had for sure.
0: How much has social media impacted your world?
1: Um, I'm on it. I, I don't (laughs) love it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm game, but it just keeps on uh, changing and I don't, and uh, maybe this is me becoming a dinosaur so i got to be careful but i don't feel like i i don't feel like chasing it all the time right like twitter i was like okay i'll get on twitter i don't think people really um like want to hear everything i have to say all the time but i'll do it i mean it's part of the job then it's okay i'll i'll try snapchat never liked it really but no. gave it a try yeah. i'll try instagram and now it's TikTok and now it's something else. And it's like, wow, they're like I don't like chasing. <laughs> you know, I don't like uh chasing social media. We'll chase a story, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. That's your job. But but all the different platforms and the continual changes. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan, but um at the same time, I'm on it. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Insta and and I am not on TikTok, but who knows? I will promise I won't be on it. I'll get my daughter to give me a tutorial or something like that.
0: I, I think we're a little bit insulated here in Calgary because I don't I don't see it the same way. But you do have some exposure in the NBA. As somebody who does what you do for a living, what do you make of the trend that we've seen in the last couple of years about player-created content? Things like the Players' Tribune and some of this other stuff that we're seeing. Even the social media components where, you know, like last year Antonio Brown did those you know, almost documentaries yeah. uh, for his social media um, for a guy who does what you do. How do you, how do you see or interpret what's going on there?
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, um, it's, di- I, it's different. I'm, that's funny. I, I haven't really thought it out too much, uh, Robbie, but I,
0: but we don't I, see a lot of it here,
1: right? We don't see a lot of it, but I, but what you see in Europe, uh I'm I'm almost scared for the players and maybe they like it this way. But like when you see what what goes on in the Premier League or mm-hmm. um, and and it's all about the wags, I think they cut like the players wives. Everything is free game, right? Like yeah. uh, everything in the di- dish rag, um, That's I think that's a product um, of no availability for for the players. I think that is a product of of literally putting these players on such a pedestal where they don't even talk to the media anymore or very rarely do and and the and I think that's what turns the media into um instead of instead of objectivity it turns it into dish rags and and just trying to trying to get hits and views mm-hmm. so so with that being said the more that be that is taken away from the media, the more, um, untruths (laughs) I think, or opinions are going to come out. Um, what do I think about the player tribute? I, I like, I like them like, um, but at the same time, I think it is one side of, of any story. It's kind of like flames, uh, flames TV, like, um, People do go to Flames TV, but at the same time they know that it's always going to be slanted in one way, always going to be polished a little bit in a certain way. Yep. And when you want the real goods, um, you still got to go to the TSNs. I'll just say. Yeah. Um, and I hope I hope that never gets lost because once it gets lost, all trust is all trust in anything. Um, is gone. I mean, you look down South and you look at Fox news (laughs) and you're just like, what, what can you trust? Can you trust anything? Well, it it goes back to what
0: I said before, part of my appreciation of you. Um, I think of even a guy like Arash Madani. I I talked to Scott Russell on this pod, uh, on this podcast. When I got into the business, there was no shortage of guys that could effortless, effortlessly go from hockey to football to boxing. The baseball, right. the basketball, um, and they didn't have to give you their opinion. They just told you the stories. They just reported on what happened. I, yeah. I, I lament the loss of broadcasters who can work more than one sport. I think we, you know, much like, as you know, I'm very anti-early specialization with kids' sport, I'm kind of getting anti-specialization in broadcasting. I, I, I don't think that helps anybody. Um, and I, and I worry that we're there. I, I worry that again, the opinion means more than the facts do. That, yeah. That that's, that's what I, I, you know, I wonder about, I, I don't know, maybe I'm alone on an Island on that, but
1: yeah, it's, uh, I, and I appreciate the, I appreciate the opportunity to cover different sports, um, because it is different. Yeah, And I think the, I think variety is, is <laughs> I know the spice of life is easy to say, but it's...
0: But don't, do you think, I mean, do you share that view that we've got too much, like, boy, there's a lot of NFL coverage. Oh, my gosh, right? Like, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of baseball coverage, but there's not a lot of guys covering baseball that are also doing football. And I wonder no. if we lose a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I wonder if we lose a little bit with that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think because when what you lose a little bit of is perspective. Yeah. You lose a little bit of perspective, um, uh, to, to be honest. And, um, when you can appreciate athletes in, or when you can appreciate, um, the best at, at whatever they do, and you have the opportunity to actually study it a little bit and understand it. Yeah. Um, I think that, provides great perspective in other genres
0: a couple more for you uh you and i are similar vintage let's put it that way we'll go with vintage um i will walk around upstairs sometimes at a hitman game and i will come upon you sitting in a booth practicing play by play yeah why (laughs) this deep and far into your career are you still doing something like that?
1: Oh, uh, because um, that's a great question, um, because I still believe in in uh, opportunity and I want to be ready for when it ever comes. Um, uh, I I enjoy what I'm doing, but um, I don't I don't need to do it for the rest of my life. I would like an opportunity to anchor. I would love an opportunity to do to do play by play. Um, I would love the opportunity to, to train in, in any of those, um, even more. So, and that's the one thing that, um, that's the one thing that I would love companies to do more, I think, and I have to be careful the way I say it, but I think companies and businesses need to invest in their, in their people. Um, but if you're not willing to invest in yourself then you know what are what are you doing so right. so I could complain to you all I want about hey why don't I ever get to do um, the the you know the under 17s for 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 TSN or the under 18s or the Ivan Helenko like why wouldn't they give me a chance even on the B B rated games or whatever well how are how are you preparing for that Right. Yeah. Just like how we came in this business, Robbie, just like how we came in this business. Someone gave us a chance, but we invested in ourselves. We invested in ourselves. We said we would do it all. We do anything. Yes. I'll get you coffee as long as I can do you know, do a couple of reports.
0: Yeah.
1: And and uh, and that hunger. Uh, I still have I still have the hunger, Robbie.
0: But I don't, I don't <laughs> but I don't get it. You're supposed to be tired now. Like I'm yeah. tired now. Like I, I'm tired. That's why I retired because yeah. I was tired. I didn't. To me, I look at you and I go, "Oh my God, I am so jealous. I wish I had it." Um, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about in this, you know, we're talking about the way the media has changed, but the demise of local sports. You yeah. were, you were anchoring. You were getting reps. You were getting reps because we had local sports. Yeah. local exactly. sports shows, right? And yeah. and that's gone, and I don't think that's healthy for anybody. I don't think so. But yeah. I, I I'm sitting up there one day at a Hitman game, and I look over and there you are, and I'm going, this this is wrong, like wrong on so many levels, because I can't do this anymore. I don't have it in me, and I'm watching you do it. I, I just think it's it's incredible. I it's I love you so many for so many reasons, uh, your work ethic and all of that. But I'm watching you do that, and I go. I I have to find a medium in which I can ask him this question because I think it's incredible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like to be honest, Robbie, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, And like you're you're one of the reasons you're one of the reasons why why I still got the hunger. You're uh, you're you're a great example of a guy who who didn't who didn't sit back you had an opportunity you had, you were the host of, of radio. You said you wanted a little bit more. You got the opportunity to do play by play and you did it and you did it. Like, I think, I think that's, that's huge. I mean, not everybody can move around within the media world. You're one of the guys that have done it. You're one of the guys that I aspire to be like,
0: no, 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 no. I aspire to be you. No, 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 no. I aspire to be you. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. Dude, I only wish I had the chin that you have. And I mean that seriously. And and when I say the chin was, and I, I used to joke around with you, but it was not a joke. It was just pure admiration. You had no problem sticking it right in there and letting anybody tee off on you. You had no problem. <laughs> I I wish I had the balls that you do to ask the questions. I... I will admit readily on this radio station that there were plenty of times I used Jermaine Franklin generated answers. Absolutely. 1000% I did hundred percent because you would stick your chin in and take it. I, I just, you know, again, it turns into a being a mutual, you know, love fest here, but no, 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 no. You've done more for me and more for people in Calgary than a lot of people know, because you will stick your chin in there.
1: Oh, I appreciate that, Robbie. Yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't dispute that. I'm, I do stick my chin in there to take a few shots, but it's for the betterment of the, of the product.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's been, but but, but I'm living off the, I mean, not living off, but I certainly utilize your coattails. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. Right. And like, you know, the Sean, Avery thing. I had the Sean Avery audio, I had it, but Sean Avery didn't come out, go, where's the fat guy from the radio station. (laughs) He came out and said, where's TSN. Right. You know, um, uh, I, You know, I'll say this, though. To me, the most tragic, stupidest, dumbest thing that ever happened in our business was this myopic pro wrestling point of view that, well, we can't talk to him because he works for Bell and you can't talk to him because he works for Rogers. That crap drives me around the bend because you were kind enough. You were always kind enough to come and spend time with us and talk to us. And it was always great to talk to you. And then all of a sudden we decided one day, well, no, no, it's the WCW versus the WWF. And we can't acknowledge the existence of the other ones because our fans don't know they exist. That's just such crap. So <laughs> that, that's yeah, my- I,
1: I feel you. And I miss it. I love the opportunity to be on, on radio. And when I, when I was given that opportunity, Loved it. I thought it was great, but, uh, yeah, times, times have changed in that sense.
0: Are you, are you optimistic about the future?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a little optimistic. I'm a, I'm a little concerned, uh, for sure. I don't know exactly where things are, are going in, in this business, but, um, but there's always we'll always find a way. We'll always find a way. I mean, things things are changing. Uh, the way people consume are changing. Hmm. Um, and what hasn't been figured out quite yet is that I know of is is how to make um, how to make dollars off of the way that people now are starting cons- to consume media. 20, and,
0: Twenty years ago, it was called monetizing the internet. And 20 years later, I don't think we're any further ahead than we were.
1: No, no, not at all. And I know for a fact, because I'm just as guilty. I mean, um, a lot of all my stuff, obviously, now is going to the web and and so forth. And I know for a fact people hesitate to click on that link because they're going to have to watch um, 30 to 45 seconds of commercials before they get to the content.
0: And sometimes it's just not worth their time.
1: And it should be because it's great content, right?
0: Great. <laughs> well, that was, that was never in doubt. That was never in doubt. All right, pal. My last one for you, and kind enough. I mean, we went so long, we ran your battery out on your computer. I feel terrible <laughs> about that. Um, I ask all of my guests this question. I put no parameters on it, um, and I will ask you and, and let you answer it any way you want. Give me your hidden Calgary gem.
1: Hidden Calgary gem. Wow. That is a good question. Um, what would it be?
0: i buy you a little bit of time. The whole hope here is that when this is all over and people have been listening to the podcast series, they'll have heard that question from so many people and it will give them a little bit of a laundry list of things that they want to check out or places they want to go when, when we're back to normal.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I don't, a hidden gem. That's a great, great question. Well, the
0: parameters are yours. You can interpret it any way you want.
1: <laughs> true, true. You know, I... It's I I wouldn't say it's hidden, but I love um, I love walking along I love walking along the riverside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one thing that I did a lot or do a lot whenever I drop my daughter off at dance downtown, um, I go for either a walk or a run um, along the riverside, and I ju- I just love it mm-hmm. and uh, and cross the cross the bridge. And I know that. Um, that bridge was, was the source of a lot of discontent,
0: <laughs> a
1: lot of discontent in this city, but, um, I think it was well worth it. And to see all the pictures people still take at that bridge all the time. Um, I, I love, I love, I love running. I love running, uh, uh, to that bridge and through that bridge and the odd picture as well, for sure.
0: I love it. Um, uh, thank you, sir uh i i appreciate it i know you had to go through a few hoops to be able to do this and i appreciate you doing that but this was so much fun right from the get-go when i wanted to do this you were one of the first guys i reached out because i have missed our conversation we talk all the time but i missed being on you know being able to share stories and and talk sports with you uh you truly are one of the best we've got in this city so thank you sir for doing this this has been so much fun
1: oh thanks for having me robbie went by quick
0: Frank's uh, did not disappoint. Uh, particularly raw, particularly insightful. Uh, did not hold back, and that right there is why I love the man. He is—he's uh, a gem. He is uh, an absolute uh, awesome guy. Uh, what you see on TV is what you get in real life in so many ways. Um, really excited that we finally got a chance to talk, uh, as we discussed there for many, many years. Uh, silly, silly, silliness uh, kept us from sharing our, 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 you know, conversations publicly and stuff like that. So this was good for me, and and I hope he enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, lots of guests here on the uh, podcast of late. Uh, Did you catch Cheryl Bernard? Uh, That was a fun conversation Uh, as well. Brent Cron was a ton of fun. Uh, We've had some really interesting uh, people stop by. Sam Effa, to name a few, go all the way back to uh, a month or so ago. Trent McClellan, George Canyon, pretty cool. So if you haven't checked out a lot of these podcasts, they're there, they're available to you. Make sure you do at sportcalgary.ca. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Kerr. This has been the original Six Feet Conversation podcast here at sportcalgary.ca. We'll be right back. back.